yeah, I think we're playing. I think we're playing well, man. I mean, defense has stepped up, played really good these last few weeks. Offensively, we've had good spurts. Obviously, we feel like we can play even better. I mean, I always feel like we can play better as an offense, but uh, we we guys, it's coming from everywhere. We you know, Kadarius has had big games. Sky's getting involved. Um, obviously, Travis. We have guys everywhere getting involved, making plays happen. And so, uh, like you said, a win's a win. Uh, we're, we're worried about winning, not covering spread. So uh, we'll try to keep that momentum rolling and uh, get a win this week or this next week, actually. All right, fellas, it's playoff time, baby. It's playoff time, baby. I am so glad. Listen, I know the Chiefs don't play this week, and yeah, we're getting right into it. All right, listen, you 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 came for it. You wanted to hear it. We're getting right into it. Show BK Serta in the building, looking beautiful as always. Not only the best Chiefs podcast in here. Damn, we look good. Damn, we look good. Thank you. I'm telling you right now. I, I'm telling you, we look off. so good. Hell don't we? Don't we? Don't we? But like fellas aren't you so i know the chiefs don't play they got the bye week but aren't you so happy that we don't have to manufacture interest in lies and act like oh we're so into these ridiculous pathetic games that the chiefs have played for the last month we are out of we are I was about out to say of. what do you mean like the last 2 months of the season what we did no these last Oh, here we go. Drum up drum up 45 minutes for the Texans matchup. Drum up 45 minutes for the Seahawks. Somehow they didn't make the playoffs. By the way, shout out to Pete Carroll and company. I don't know how y'all did that. I mean, ooh, the Denver Broncos. Let's get saucy for that. Ooh, Jarrett Stenham and the, and the Raiders. Let's get finally. Who did the Rams start at quarterback? It, it was one of the 17 guys that they threw out there this year. Bryce I mean, Perkins. I think it was Lewis <laughs> Farrakhan. I think it was Louis Farrakhan. He started for the Louis Rams. Louis He was playing? That's weird. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe Lou Ferrigno, yeah. Somebody that has Olympic experience. I just – but listen, I'm so glad, Steve, that we are we are here to talk about games that people are really interested in, games that aren't just if the Chiefs lose, holy hell, this is one of the worst losses they've had in a run. Nope. We get to sit back, get ready for real games, and now the hunt for a second title. Oh, that turns me on. Well, that's because the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for the wild card round action is at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. All new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 5QUESTIONS. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 5QUESTIONS. All right, fella, I, I can't lie to you. Like I just said, man, there were there, there was a low interest the last month or so. I mean, just horrible games. Just horrible, horrible games. Only games you watch because you're a Chiefs fan. But we said before that stretch, after they lost to the Bengals, that last game where you're like, all right, after this, man, they're not playing real playoff competition. Like, is there anything we can learn, fellas? I cannot believe that last game against the Las Vegas Raiders. 
has made me feel so good about this team. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I don't know. And it, and I'm not even talking about the other games, but the Raiders game. And I get it. This will sound stupid. I know many of you right now listening saying, God, show you are, what are you talking about? I understand. It's the Raiders. All right. It was Jared Stenham. All right. I believe the Raiders probably had 24. Three to twenty-six guys who were in one, two, three Cancun mode. I, I, I get it, <laughs> but I'm sorry, I can't believe it. Like the offense, although the numbers weren't spectacular, but man, that was an easy thirty, wasn't it? That was an e like the ease of how the offense moved. Yeah, they were just playing around, doing the ring around the rosies, getting that fella Quentin in Denver so uh, caught up in his draws. Like somebody get that first off, man. Like. Seriously, hey dog, man, you need to get you a good suicide slurpee from Seven Eleven. Maybe some, <laughs> maybe a whatever your favorite ice cream from Ben and Jerry's is, or something, or maybe straight up, uh, you know, earmuffs, kids, some some action with a lady because you are like you are in a bad place if a game that you weren't even a part of has sent you to anger like that. But I digress. The ease of which how they played offensively, I hadn't seen that ease, man. You know, there were struggles against Denver at times. Hell, there were struggles at times against the sorry-ass Houston Texans. But there was ease, even though the numbers weren't great. Felt like they were going to score every time, and it felt like when they didn't in the second half because they took their foot off the gas. And this defense, don't even get me started on this defense. They look like they're playing at for what the Chiefs need, a championship level, and it carried on against the Raiders. Fellas, I didn't think I would be here beating Jarrett Stidham. I know Chandler Jones didn't play. I know half the guys didn't care, but I didn't know I would be here. But they got me. They got me. I feel good about this team. I really, really do. I think I know what it is, Ron. I think I got it. This defense is coming up with turnovers. And guess what? Guess what? The offense didn't turn it over. <laughs> it's really that You're simple. Right. You're like right. sometimes the game is so easy. And for the Chiefs against the Raiders, how about this? They had their fewest yards in the game since Indianapolis. They had their lowest passing yardage output of the entire season. They threw for a buck 81 in that game. Mm-hmm. And not a soul in the world cared about it because they put up 31 easy points. They held the Vegas Raiders to 13. They turned them over twice. They did not turn the ball over once. And bada boom, bada bing, you're out of there with an easy win. And you're going into your bye week feeling good about where this team's at right now. It's really that simple, man. When this team I saw earlier today, um, I think it was, who was it? Joe Mixon uh, said about the Bengals, hey, when we don't beat ourselves, ain't nobody going to be able to beat us. Mm. That's how I feel about the Chiefs. If they don't beat themselves and they just go out there and play the level of football that we know they're capable of, they're the best offense in the NFL. And I think they are still, even at this point, the best team in the NFL. The problem is, man, there was like a six-week stretch where all they could do was turn the ball over and they couldn't get any turnovers from their opponent. So when you do it this way, it looks a whole heck of a lot better. Yeah, they do like to shoot their own toes off. And I'm, and I'm glad that they kept all 10 of them. I really am. I, I'm excited. I'm exci- I don't know. I did not. Sort of. I swear to God. I swear to God. I did not believe this Raiders game was going to make me feel like this good about this team. But I don't know, man. It's, You're right. 
there there was only a few things that we really needed to see from the Chiefs in that game was can the pass rush get there? Can continued pressure and playing well, not turning the football over. And can yeah, can the offense just kind of get in and get out and make it look easy? And they did all of those things. And the reason it matters so much is because it was the first time that in this whole stretch run where they actually like put it all together and you were like, there really wasn't anything negative to point to today. You know, the offense, maybe it wasn't their best performance, but overall you got to be happy with everything. Special teams tried Harrison Bucker almost missed a PAT, but he snuck it through at the last second. Hey man, hey, hey man, you ain't got to do that. No, you ain't got to do that. No, you ain't got to do that. Harrison made his kicks and he kicked that 44 yarder and made it without any problems at the end of the half. You ain't got to bring up that. It was close. I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw that PAT. It was really close to being a miss. I know it was, and just was because we don't agree with a lot of what Harrison does does not mean we just got to be a little, a little bit more hard on Harrison. I, that's all I'm saying. I, I just, no, I, I mean, I, listen, special teams. That hey, give me that every week. Uh, the rest of the way, special teams. Give me that every week. We could do it. Just don't lose it. Just I, make sure that I don't talk about you. Honestly, that's, right. like, that's all I that's ask. Right. Just right. I don't want to have to talk about the special teams. And if that means no big plays on the special teams unit, that's fine. Like, I'll live with that. I would like them to be able to have a big return here or there. Maybe one like McColl had in the playoffs a few years ago to get them going against the Texans. But that's neither here nor there. I will accept simply not making me talk about you as a special teams unit on a podcast. You do that, I'm good. And I, you know what? And I'll take this because Will Will said, but I, I'll take and I'll take help from you guys because I know you guys got faults. You're right. The, the, the Chiefs' defense, like when I say they're playing at a championship level for what the Chiefs need, like they're even playing beyond that. This is not just a defense of like, you know, before it was like, all right, come on, man, just don't kill us, just give us a chance and give Mahomes and this offense a chance. And, and they've been able – and can you make plays just, you know, timely plays, maybe timely turnovers? Fellas, the way this defense is playing the last five whatever weeks, I mean, they've got a turnover, I believe, in five or six straight games, at least one. They had two in this game setting up this offense to, to, to get easy, quick scores and short fields. Like, this defense is maybe why I'm feeling so much more confident walking into the, the the postseason for the Chiefs and I and I'll take it I, and I and I would love to hear from it like what you guys think the difference is like what what it is and what it is the reason because I think a lot of people may think and say which I think is fair is the opponents that play the, the the Denver's got one of the worst like Denver and Houston have the two worst offenses in the game they slid into Jarrett Stenham right Geno Smith and and they didn't have Tyler Lockett in the game so some people might say the opponent, which I could say is fair, but I, I, no, I, that's just too easy. This team, defensively, they've gotten off the field on third downs, which is a problem. They've started to turn people over. They started to get pressure. What What do you think has been the difference? Because this defense is not just playing at a, all right, man, just just be okay. They're playing at like a level of, no, nah, man, we, we can hold it down over here. I, I think it's three players in particular that I would go with that are changing the way that we view the defense. The first one is Chris Jones. Now he's been like this for the majority of the season, but the last 12 weeks he's been on a heater. 
13 and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss, 23 QB hits. I mean, that's been, beyond a that's beyond a heater, ain't it? I mean, if it's 12, 12 weeks, like, that's just what you do, man. For three months, he's been playing like he's the best defensive player in football. Yeah, heater. So he's he's pretty good. He, he turns out he's he's a pretty good football player. And I will just as an aside, I think Chris Jones has become for the defense what Ty or Travis Kelsey rather is for the offense. The reason why I bring that up is just because like we had a lot of conversations in the offseason, Ron, about whether or not this was going to be Chris Jones' final season in Kansas City. It can't be. That dude is your most important player on that side of the ball, and I don't care how close he is to that age 30 season. That is the dude that you're building around, and you extend him, and you figure out the cap around him, and that's that's the way he's going to work on the defensive side of the ball. But the other two names that I would throw into this mix – are Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed. And I did not expect to be saying this at this mm. point in the season after the way that they started. But the last four games for Justin Reed, he's come on with some big plays. He's now becoming a guy that they can utilize in the ways that they used uh, Tyron Matthew in the past. He's playing all over the place. He's coming up. He's rolling down into the box. He's rolling deep. Like he's he's doing a little bit of everything. And Juan Thornhill has like actually made plays over the last month of the season and yeah. for the first he bait, you know boy he baited him into that pick boy he thought he was going to come in and close in on waller the tight end but he knew the whole way where he was going that, that's a big time play he's made more plays on the ball in the last month than he did the first three months of the season combined so between those two guys and then chris jones continuing to do what he had been doing i, I think that's the biggest thing that has changed for this chief's defense yeah, Chris Jones has been a a, a monster. Uh, I, I think that's the big – like when you have a star that's playing like a star, and, you know, I we've said it, you two have said it, and I know, sir, that you have been big on it. If Chris Jones doesn't make a play for this defense, sometimes a play doesn't get made. Um, well, anytime there was a big play, Chris Jones ruined it. He ruined the fourth and goal where they tried to go for it. He ruined it. He just – pressure all over uh he he has been so when you got a star uh you know a guy that that that's unblockable and that's how he's played it has changed the game for him it's yeah this is easily the best season of his career the most dominant season of his career and the one where that has the fewest absences from him as a player because that's always been a big issue for him in the past and I think a lot of it is just the chaos that he's creating because you look at their sack numbers and their pressure numbers over the last several weeks, and it's made George Karloftis better. It's made Mike Dana better. Mm. better. It's made Carlos Dunlap better. Like all those guys are playing better and creating positive plays for the defense in part because Chris Jones is just dominating everybody that he goes against. And so that's huge, but I also think some of this is on Spags and some of the adjustments that he's made down the stretch. Like we had that run where he was leaning into Joshua Williams a little bit more for whatever reason, and now we're seeing Jalen Watson kind of take him over again. And Jalen Watson at this point in their careers is just looks like he's the better player. He's the guy that belongs on the football field. But it's also the willingness to move Legarius Sneed around because you know he's your best matchup problem cornerback. And then – to have Trent McDuffie who is already in his rookie season, such a reliable player for the defense who can be so versatile and move around. Like I, I think that's really helped mold the secondary to where I'm actually like kind of confident in how they're playing right now. Ron, I think that's a really important point. What, what Serta was just talking about, like, 
I think we might have underestimated how big of a change this was to the defense for Spags because he's got corners that don't look the way that most of his corners do. They don't have the same length, specifically talking about McDuffie. And then it took McDuffie a while to get onto the field because yeah. of the injury early in the season. And so he's trying to adjust to, okay, what can I do with McDuffie? What can I do with McDuffie in Sneed? And then he's working with the safeties that are a new duo compared to what he's had in the past. He's got a new middle linebacker that's calling the plays on a down-to-down basis. These defensive ends go about it a little differently than some of the guys that he's had in the past. He's trying to figure out how to incorporate Willie Gay after the suspension. Like there was just, there was more moving pieces to this defense than they've had in recent years. And I think it took them a while to figure out what exactly was the best way to go about putting these guys in the positions to succeed. And I think now they finally got there and it took them like, 13 weeks to really figure it out but the last month or so I think this defense has come together in a way that all of us can watch and we're like okay I think they've got something here you know I'm glad you you brought up a name that I've been I was sitting here thinking as you guys were going through it I am that's one thing this defense is rolling in a way that I didn't know they could they could do and if they play like this in the postseason they're going to do more than just hold their part I'm disappointed in Willie Gay since he's come back. Like, for me, I thought Chris Jones was the best player. And at the start of this year, before hit the suspension for the vacuum stuff, I thought Willie, check that, the domestic violence uh, accusations there with the vacuum. Before that, like, I thought Willie Gay was the second best defensive player. I mean, he was playing like, oh, he gets it. The speed, all of that. Like I was, I was really impressed. Then he had the suspension. I'm like, man, they're doing this without Willie Gay. Wait till he gets back. He's been disappointing to me, and and, and I and I still think he has the ability. And Nick Bolden, who I think should be in the Pro Bowl, uh, that's asinine. He's second in the league in tackles. But Willie Gay to me is is a better all around linebacker when he's rolling than, than Nick Bolton is. And he's been very disappointing. I thought he was going to be someone much more in the mold of like Shaq Leonard that could make plays, that could do things. I, I would love – like he could make it all up in these next three three weeks. But that's somebody I, I, I'm keeping an eye on to see because Snead I think has been really big. And you're right, the safety play has been much, much better since, uh, since Justin Reed got out there and started talking against the Bengals and got himself trucked and run over and done in over and over again, and then coming back and apologizing and humbled himself. But I, 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 I that is, Willie Gay is somebody I want to see pick it up because I had big, big expectations, especially coming off that first month. I, I did too, and I have been a little bit underwhelmed by his performance this year, but he still has the potential to make plays. He and we've seen I thought that. He was, I thought he was hurt against the Raiders, and then they brought him in. I was like, Damn, four seven's getting a lot of action. Right? Yeah, it, it, that has been weird. It, it has been weird the way that they've utilized Darius Harris this season. And he's coming in for like entire series at a time. And his yes. lack of athleticism is a problem when they put him on the field and you notice it. Like with with Willie Gay, there are times where he doesn't make the plays that you expect him to, but it's pretty rare that you notice like, oh, he's he's not going to be able to get there athletically. And that's what happens whenever they put Harris out there. So I'm a little underwhelmed by him so far this year, but he has made some plays. And when you look at the TFL numbers, I think he's second on the team this year. 
So he shows up on tape in moments. It's kind of like what it had been with Chris Jones at times in the past where it's like, okay, you notice him for a moment and then it goes away. Splash plays, but not the consistency. And the hope is as you get to the playoffs, you've now got a playmaker at every level of the defense. You've got Chris Jones on the defensive line. Willie Gay and Nick Bolton can take turns making those plays from the linebacker unit. In the secondary, at the corner position, you've got a couple of guys that can make plays. And then in the, at safety, you finally have some players that can actually do some, some stuff back there. So that's what makes me feel confident about the defense. And, Ron, this is why I feel more confident in the Chiefs this year than I did last year. It, th- this team overall, I think, just has more playmakers that are playing at a higher level as we get later into the season than they did a year ago. Oh, I don't know if you really? remember, Ron. Really? Going into going into the postseason last year, I, I had a weird feel about the Chiefs. I just didn't really enjoy watching that team all that much. <laughs> like, I can't totally explain why, but the last few weeks just felt like a chore at times. Like the, the Chargers game was fun, but they had to wait until the fourth quarter to really turn it on in that one. And then they finally won it in OT. The the Steelers game kind of felt like one of those where it's like you're playing against an incompetent opponent. What are you going to really learn here? But then the Bengals game happened and there was a bunch of unforced errors. And then the Broncos game at the end of the year was weird. I I just didn't have the same faith in that team, Ron. And now I look at this one. And if not for the rest of the AFC being as great as it is, and I think the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills are the three best teams in the NFL right now, I I would have a hell of a lot of confidence in this team getting to the Mm, Super Bowl as a result. Let me think. think. You feel better about this team. Going into the playoffs this going year than I did last year's team going into the playoffs with, then. With Hill and company last year. Both teams I thought that had... team was, was very top-heavy. This team, I feel like, has yeah. better depth where I feel better about multiple levels on the defense, and I feel better about the fact that offensively, even if you are able to slow down Travis Kelsey, I think they've got other ways to be able to beat you. Last year, if you didn't get Kelsey and Hill, I thought it was over. There was no other way that that yeah. offense could be able to beat you. Yeah, I think I, I'm in the same point where i like the depth better i'm more confident in andy reed being able to find ways to create explosive plays as opposed to being like okay it's not working uh go find tyreek we need an explosive play from tyreek hill or we need a big play from kelsey or something like that like there's not as many game breakers but the depth and consistency i think is there and mahomes is playing at such a high level that they can figure it out offensively, which is why I'm not concerned with the offense ever. But the defense turning it on is what makes me more confident yeah. in them as a whole headed into the playoffs. That's fair. Because last year, hell, they both, they lost to the Bills and the Bengals in the regular season too. So, I mean, it's the same thing. I, that's a fair thing. The defense, the way they're playing, because Chris Jones is playing like a man possessed. Like, if he's going to play the way he did, especially against the Raiders, but the only game he was down where you could give an excuse, he was sick that whole week against the Texans, or he may have 17 sacks, he may have more sacks than than that. That, That's it, but he's played like a man possessed. Like, he's going to force and be an issue. And the other part, like you mentioned earlier, they've got guys playing off of him, like Karlofkis is starting to get, back there and get home mike dana is somebody is starting to get get home as well um I, I i think that's fair can i tell you my biggest concern going into it even though they got this week off my biggest concern is is travis kelsey and not because of his greatness because he is great and he is going to be if not already first team 
all pro again, best tight end in football. Um, but here of late, teams have been successful, at least not just if not slowing him down, but taking him away. He, he finished second this year in touchdowns with 12 behind uh, uh, Devontae Adams. But he hadn't scored a touchdown since November 27th. I mean, and, and it's 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 January, it's it's mid-January, near, nearing mid-January. He hadn't scored a touchdown since November 27th. And if you just look at it, like last week, he's like six catches for like 38 yards, and he's under 70 yards the week before. And I think Seattle and Houston, he had games where he had big numbers. But if you remember the Seattle game, they were able to hold him down for long stretches in that game before he kind of had a huge, huge play in the fourth quarter that led to it. But even before those games, it's like the last month, really to me, since the Charger game. He's had a couple of games in there, but since the Charger game, teams have said to hell with it. We're going to take Travis away, and we're going to make others beat us. And that has also coincided with McCole Hardman being injured, Kadarius Toney being injured, so they've had less answers as well. But that is my biggest concern. Teams have been able to find successful ways to, if not slow down, take him away and not make him a factor to kill them. That's my biggest concern because the Bengals coach, their defensive coordinator, he is he is something special where he is like he's getting Belichick-like, at least with the Chiefs. I don't know about other matchups, but he's getting Belichick-like at least with the Chiefs, to be able to take away your top threat. And and Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier over there as well with Buffalo, we, you know, we can ask some things. And Brandon Staley is a, is a good defensive coach as well over there with the Chargers. If teams take away Travis the way they've been able to be successful here down of late, that is that is a concern to me that the Chiefs will be able to – work off of that will be able to not get in some of those lows because they've gotten to lows before. I mean, hell, what do they have three or four straight possessions against Denver in the third quarter to the second half? They had three and outs that were like 50 seconds. If they take away Travis and they're successful at that, do they have enough to be able that that's my biggest concern walking into the postseason. And I would go the opposite where last year I would have felt the same way, Ron, because last year I didn't think they had any other answers. And last year I thought Mahomes sometimes when he didn't have like the easy button that he could click with either Kelsey or Tyreek. Or Tyreek, yeah. I, I felt like there was no other answer because he, he didn't trust the other guys to get open. I think this year, and it hasn't worked every time, like MVS, we even saw it in the last game. They're still trying to figure out that chemistry together, and I I hope that it happens at some point for him in the playoffs. He's going to have to have a big moment for him. We saw Justin Watson finally be able to connect on a big play last week, but he trusts Juju in a big spot if they need it. He trusts Kadarius Toney if they're able to get uh, McColl back, and I, it sounds like they will in the playoffs. I think he trusts McColl now at this point after what we what he saw from him before he ended up going down for the final portion of the season. That's different than what they had a year ago. He trusts McKinnon in, in the in the red zone. They've got a running game that they can now lean upon. You look at what Pacheco did to close out the season, man. He was efficient, and he started being able to read and follow his blockers in a way that he didn't earlier in the season. So I just think this team has more answers to the potential problems that are presented to them, including 
if another team decides to take Kelsey out of the game plan. Last year, they didn't have that. I think they do this time around, though. I'm willing to bet playoff Andy Reid, and I think we got a good glimpse of it against the Raiders. Like Andy dusting some things off and saying, like, okay, we're going to flip the switch here, so let's start going. Let's start implementing some of this stuff. I think some of that, too, is – and it's not to say that, like, I think defenses have been working harder to take Travis Kelsey away, but he's still getting plenty of targets. He's still been getting his looks each and every week. I think some of it, too, is them just experimenting with what else they had to so. see what those guys are fully capable of when they need them to come up with a key moment in a playoff game. Because, like, Travis Kelsey's going to have key moments in the playoffs. Like, Travis Kelsey's going to ha- make a big-time catch, make a big-time play in one of these games. Because you know that's who he is. Like he is a Hall of Fame caliber player that's going to be able to do that for you. But I think some of this run too, it was like, you know, turning McKinnon on and flipping that switch and the run that he's been on and, you know, seeing what you had in Kadarius Tony, letting Isaiah Pacheco develop and get better as the season went on. Like I, I think some of that was going on too, not just teams are, are working super hard to take away Travis Kelsey. I think some of it was them just saying, let's see what we have in some of these other guys and see how we can utilize them, especially when we have a soft schedule to end the season. Ron, they were literally putting formations on the field just to show it on tape. Like they were going to 13 personnel with three tight ends out there or 12 personnel more often with two tight ends out there just for other teams to have to game plan for that. Like that play that they ran the um, ring around the rosy thing. Like, that's just to put it on tape. So that way somebody else has to spend two minutes of their practice being like, if they do some of this dumb bleep, like, here's how we go ahead and try to attack it. And that's the kind of stuff that Andy Reid did down the stretch when he's playing against these horrible opponents is it's not just about winning that game. It's also showing the the fewest amount of good stuff possible and making other teams have to spend some time during their game plan that week to focus on the stuff that they did down the stretch that very well may never show up in the actual games in the postseason. And if it does, it's probably something off of what they showed in those prior formations. Yeah. I'm hoping Andy and them haven't, you know, they've had four weeks, these last four, five weeks, they can just win these games, but also you would think McCole Hardman is back in Kadarius Tony, and there's more space out there. I'm hoping, and it makes it more difficult to take them away. But that that's just my biggest thing is they face the Bengals, they face the Bills. That that kind of concerns me a bit, wondering if, if those teams are able to take them away. Like, we've just seen this offense go through stretches where you're like, God, I know they're the number one offense, but we've watched games where they're like, God, they don't look like it. Like, they don't look like it. They go through stretches. That's my, my biggest concern. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, listen, we don't we don't have any scores to predict or anything like that because the Chiefs aren't playing. Who y'all think they're gonna play next week? Because the possibilities are the the Ravens, they play the lowest seed, right? The Ravens, right. Yeah. the Dolphins, and then the Jags and the and the um and the Chargers. So if Fordo Sage's own Skylar Thompson leads the Miami <laughs> Dolphins to a win when I believe Demar Hamlin is probably going to be in the house uh, in, in Orchard Park in Buffalo. Can I can I can I add to that, Ron? Please, they shouldn't do that this week. They they should bring him in next week. Next week, wait. Oh, don't shoot, I think, I think, don't bring yeah. don't bring Demar out for this week. You, <laughs> no, you gotta, he's coming. He's coming uh, out every week. You got to you got to do that next week against the Bengals. The, the uh, Bengals. And it's not. And the Dolphins limped into the playoffs. Like the Dolphins, the Dolphins Limp, are like they were shot in the back. The <laughs> <laughs> army crawling into this thing. I mean, what is? I mean, Teddy's got to be in a bad spot for them to go. He's to got Fort a broken Osage. finger. Oh, that's all right, man. I try it. Fort Osage's own. Listen, I respect Skyler. Come on, I mean, all right. I don't. In all but... seriousness. If Raheem Mostert was healthy, and he's apparently not going to play he's this week either. He's got a bad finger too. <laughs> yeah. If he was healthy, I think they should bring back the Ronnie Brown original Wildcat and just go with that. I think it would have – honestly, just put Tyreek back there. Yeah, I would have honest to God put Tyreek back there. Do you there. know Tyreek is going to kill himself to get to Kansas City? Do you know how bad Tyreek was <laughs> with that game to get to Kansas City? But listen, there ain't no way the fighting Skylar Thompson's. <laughs> and, 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 and shout out my guy just Justin Hoover, who I know was uh is a quarterback coach and was Skylar Thompson's quarterback coach. Um and, and listen, I love I love you, Justin. Your boy ain't got a chance. You and I both know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and to be honest, to be honest, Justin, man, you, you had to you had to get some, some other guys. One of your other guys is Drew is Drew um Drew Locke, man. We gotta pick this up, Justin. You gotta get some you gotta get you like, a successful starter in this league. Anyway, hey, Ron, you do you know the last time was so they're they're a 13 and a half point underdog, the Dolphins are. Just 13. Do you know when the last time was that a uh, a play, in the playoffs a team won a game in which they were a 13 point underdog or greater? No. <laughs> the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Rams in 2002 it's been a minute it's been 20 years it, it, they're due they're due one of, the, one of the biggest upset wins of in nfl history yeah 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 i don't know nothing about that yeah i just it just listen man I ain't got a shot so the and that required play. some cheating i really yeah i really like your thought to hold off on damar hamlin yeah uh, it's an interesting thought man hey damar man we love you man but we ain't gonna do that. The <laughs> Joe Burrow, like we do that, we ain't doing that for no damn Skylar Thompson. Joe Burrow will roll through and do that there for you. So listen, I don't think the Dolphins have a chance in hell. Uh, and then now Lamar Jackson has cleared himself out um, uh, for this game with the sprained PCL. 
grade two that's nearing grade three, according to Lamar. And, and he's ruling himself out of this playoff game. So they don't have a chance in hell to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Ron so really, Huntley might not be able to play either. Yeah, I don't yeah. Think he is he's either, been yeah. limited in practice all week. Yeah, so. I think Tony, I think that I think Tony Banks is probably where they're going to have to go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Tony Banks is still rolling. Um, I mean, they probably got a better chance if John Harbaugh. Where is um, where's my man used to play at Penn State? Wasn't he a backup for them? I guess he ain't there no more. McSorley? He, yeah, he's down in Arizona. Trace. Uh, Damn, they can't get Anthony they Brown as their third string. Yeah, Tony Brown. They can't get Trace real quick. Uh, but no, they don't have. A Where's Josh either. Johnson? I feel like somebody needs to call Somewhere. Josh Johnson. <laughs> he's so. I think he, who are, who was Josh with last? He was with somebody just just <laughs> recently that was struggling with quarterbacks. Can the Panthers just release PJ Walker? So there you go. Oh, they have, they didn't have a shot. They would have a shot. No, uh, they don't have a chance either, man. So Josh Johnson feels, was in San Francisco this year. San Francisco, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It feels like this is going to come to the matchup between the Jags and the Chargers. And this is a this is a real quandary I think Chiefs fans are in. Because for me, fellas, if you're saying, all right, Chiefs win a championship this year, if you're one of those who says, I would like the easiest road travel, well, I think it's the Jags. But to me, I would be shocked off my ass if we came on this show two weeks from now and we are discussing Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and company walked into Arrowhead and beat Patrick Mahomes in this team. I'd be shocked off my ass. So I, I think Jacksonville is the team. If they get in Jacksonville, if they get Jacksonville, I feel very, very good about the Chiefs playing in the AFC Championship game. Now, the Chargers, on the other hand, this about been, this been about two years that these Jokers then played tight games, it feels like, every one of them. I know both of these, both this year could have gone either way. Last year could have gone either way. And, hell, they beat the Chiefs the first time last year. That one, if I'm being completely real and straight up and 100 with you, like I, I, think, I think the Chargers are very, could very well beat the Chiefs. That would not shock me at all. I could see the Chiefs being in one of those, as I remember back in 1995 and 1997, going over to my mom's best friend's house and Paul Knight saying, 13 and three, down the drain. <laughs> 13 and three, down the drain. Like I could see a divisional playoff loss to the Chargers. But. If the Chargers lose to the Jags, I think I, – I, wouldn't you say that Brandon Staley's job might be on the line? Like, would you say, like, you could see him getting fired if the Chargers lost that game? Certainly if their offense doesn't perform well because I don't think Mike Williams is going to play in this one. And Brandon Staley has been answering questions all week about why he decided to play his starters – into the fourth quarter in a completely meaningless meaningless game last week, which is, I mean, coaching malpractice. And his response was, well, we've only got 48. Yeah, yeah, Brandon, we, we know. You've got 48 guys that you could have gone with in that game. Mike Williams didn't need to be one of them. Isn't, like it, he, crazy? isn't it crazy? A, a isn't, it, isn't it crazy the geniuses, the boy wonders, are the ones who do just common sense, stupid-ass things? Mike Williams has dealt with an ankle injury all season. All season. Let's add the back to it. You're the Chargers, man. You're the Chargers. Somebody has a voodoo doll that they're just poking at all times. You had a quarterback. Get stabbed. 
Todd Haley wouldn't have done it. Guther Cunningham wouldn't have done it. You had a doctor with a like malpractice suit against him. Paul Hackett wouldn't have done it. (laughs) Nate, uh, old Nat, Nat Hackett. Yeah, now his son may have, but Paul Hackett wouldn't have done it. It, it's baffling. It's it's absolutely baffling. But so the reason why I think that that could end up costing him his job, Ron, is because you look at the, this game against the, the Jaguars. Chargers, if there's Chargers fans out there, they're expecting them to win this game. The, the Chargers were expected this season to finally put things together. And if they aren't able to do that offensively and you look back at their season and they've got Justin Herbert, who had the lowest average depth of target in the entire NFL this year, that is unacceptable. And they did all that all year long. And then you play your your wide receiver that's been hurt all year long in week 18, only to go down and lose on the road at Jacksonville. And then you have the option of maybe hiring Sean Payton. That is the variable in this that I find to be the most interesting, Ron. Is yes. it, it's Seth one thing. Done it. Sorry, that was the last one. Bob it, it's, it's one thing if you've got a head coach that you think is just okay and there's not good options out there. It's another thing entirely if you've got that quarterback in that city and you've got a coach that's okay and you've got one of the probably five best coaches in the NFL available. And that's what presents itself to the Chargers. So for me, I'm between a rock and a hard place, Ron, because I'm with you. I think the Chargers are easily the more difficult opponent for the Chiefs, and I would like them to have the easiest route possible. But also, if they lose and hire Sean Payton, that makes the Chiefs path a hell of a lot harder for years to come. Yeah, man. I don't need that, man. If if they lose and Brandon Saley gets fired and they go out and they get Sean Payton, then you know all these conversations that we have, like oh Chargers, yeah, right, we are never going to take them seriously. But national media that loves them every change year. That, tune. that change changes that with Sean Payton and Justin Herbert, and they still have the Chargers still have cornerstones on that roster. Like they still have talent on the no. roster too. Even forget if they forget that. Drafted. I mean, like, he's got stuff that he did with the Saints. Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara. Like, I mean, he's got, I mean, big body receiver and Michael Thomas and Marcus Colston and then Mike Williams. It would, it would change like Justin Herbert, in my opinion, is already like one of the five best quarterbacks in football. But I, I think it would change the trajectory totally that he's on right now, where if they choose to keep him or at the very least, they have to change offensive coordinators this off season, if they lose to the Jags and when the week started, I was like, it's going to be the Chargers. They're going to beat the Jags. Jags are a fun story. Uh, but, you know, but L.A. has been playing better. And Brandon Staley's really got that defense put together now after they had a really rough stretch in the middle of the season. And But then they have that week 18 game where he insists on playing his starters. The game plan's terrible. And they go out there and they just straight up lose to a terrible football team. And Mike Williams gets hurt. Then I'm questioning the decision-making there and the thought process. And then in comes Doug Peterson, who I think is a light years better head coach, who I think is going to come up with a really strong game plan to try to attack them. And the Chargers run defense is still hot garbage. Travis Etienne, really talented young running back that I think Doug Peterson is going to dial up a lot of things for. And he's going to put Trevor Lawrence in a good situation. And Trevor has looked really good down the stretch to get the Jags into the playoffs And all of a sudden, I'm talking myself into the Jags. Like, I just changed my official pick 
to Jacksonville. I am in on the Jags beating the right Chargers. Right now? You're doing it now? This yes. was the moment where you changed it? I already, I changed it while we were sitting here talking because I talked myself into <laughs> it. I'm this all is, in on the is, Jags right now. This is pure wishful thinking. Uh, because because you've just you've just completely you've completely ignored what he did against Tennessee in the last game because you sat down the stretch. Uh, ten, against, but that's a, that's a divisional opponent. Tennessee is just scrappy and gives everyone it. problems. Listen, you can kiss they're going to be able to run all over the Chargers. Okay, like you WB, can kiss you can kiss Travis my CTS, divisional opponent. Incoming. You can kiss my divisional opponent, but. Because he just completely had Zay Jones in the back of the end zone all by his lonesome. And, 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 and just, you, you learn Parker from your failures in those big moments. And you get better next time. Let's You'll calm get down. Better this just, time. Let's just calm down. He was horrible in that game <laughs> against the Tennessee Titans. If it wasn't for his defense making a play, they would have never scored against the Titans and they wouldn't be in this game. So listen, Trevor is capable. This is first playoff game at home. We'll see. Listen, the Chargers, the Chargers are gonna win this game. So I mean, I'm just preparing myself. And Mike might not play. Honestly, the Chargers are gonna win this game. The Chargers are pissed. The last time they played Jacksonville, Jacksonville beat the brakes off of them mm-hmm. earlier this year. They'll remember that. And Derwin James is is a hundred percent, close to a hundred percent. Joey Bosa didn't play that first time. They got their bookends back. Like I'm preparing that the Chiefs are going to have to play the Chargers, and they got and they got a roll right away. This ain't no easy. Like if the Jags win, I will be ecstatic. If the Dolphins somehow pull it off, they won't. I'll be ecstatic. If somehow the Ravens, it's not going to happen. They're going to play the Chargers, and 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 it <laughs> is going to be it is going to be a hell of a matchup, and they're going to have to beat a team three times that they have played tight games with the last couple of years. And we'll see. We'll see about we, it. We know the Chargers. I, I think it was uh, Mitchell Schwartz who said this. When the Chargers play against the Chiefs, they're the team that everybody predicts them to be. When they play against anybody else, they're the meme that is the L.A. Chargers. And I, I, the thing that's so weird about this matchup, Ron, is like the Jaguars, if they just run the football from start to finish, despite the fact that they have an excellent young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, that is their path to victory. And meanwhile, the Chargers, all they've got to do is trust their superstar rocket of an arm quarterback to throw the ball against the Jaguars, and that's their path to victory. And I honestly don't know which team I trust more to follow those game plans. Like, it should be the Chargers. I should be able to trust the fact that their coaching staff will just say, hey, Justin, go throw the ball against the 26th-ranked defense and DVOA against the pass and go get us this victory. I don't trust them to do that. That being said, I think they're the better team. I think that they will find a way to come out of this with the victory. The The spread in Vegas is one and a half. I think this is close. I think it's like a 27-24 type of a game. But I've got the Chargers as well. I do think they're going to be advancing it, and coming to Kansas City. It is a weird thing, though, because the, the Chargers the Chargers lose. Sean Pay- if, they, if they fire him, if they've got it, Sean Payton is like he would – he would that would be the most attractive job because it's of a game Herbert it's a game changer around the chargers and that is a different thing like we thought we thought russell wilson coming to the division was going to be something but we didn't know he was dealing with a head coaching imbecile um I, i'm not saying nathaniel in life is an imbecile but a head coaching imbecile when it comes to head coaching 
like we thought that was going to be a change. This is real. It's, Sean Payton with him and those weapons and the, and, the, and the answers they have on defense too. That's, that's a scary proposition. Yeah. I do think the chargers are a better team, but I'm willing this from Jacksonville. And Jacksonville is really intriguing, like moving forward. They're going to get Calvin Ridley next year. I can't wait to see Calvin Ridley with Trevor Lawrence, but this season, the chargers are a better football team. I just think Doug Peterson is the much, much better coach. And I think he is going to have a good game plan and know how he's going to be able to attack them. And they'll look at that loss to Jacksonville earlier in the season and adjust to that. And I think Doug Peterson is smart enough to know that and have things ready for that. And I just think he's got to, he's going to give them enough problems. Maybe it does wind up being a close game with the chargers, but I think that's why this is easily the most interesting game this weekend. Cause there's a lot of bad ones. Oh yeah. Go, go take your significant other on a date, like Sunday morning, go to brunch. You'll be home by three 30. You'll be good. I to really go for love, that. Oh, God, I love brunch. I had a great that, that giants Vikings week. game. You'll be ready That's to go. You'll one. be feeling good. You got yeah. mimosas in you. You got the, unli- Oh yeah. You, you got that stuffed French toast. I mean, there's nothing better. you like, you'll be good to go by three 30. Don't worry about watching that dolphins. You don't need that in your life. You know what I had for brunch last week? Went to a nice place. Shout out to the Daily Gather. Had, I had some oysters Rockefeller from the jump. Started off, that was the appetizer. Had the little at the at the Parmesan cheese, flame broiled. It was fantastic. Slid over to a little uh, biscuits and gravy. Had a little, uh, little egg. Had it running over the top. This was was a cheat day. Oh, yeah, man. That's right, Doc. You got it. Little little potatoes that were fantastic. Some nice home country sausage patties. A couple of mimosas with pineapple juice is Mm. what I went with. Fantastic. I love a good brunch. I'm telling you right now, I I, I mean, I I, I love one. Harvey's, I've done in repeatedly after, 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 uh, after church. Uh, I, I mean, I, Kansas City. I've, I've got you right now. I could rattle I, them off. Right I had now. brunch on t- Sunday. I had Where'd a. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I went to Summit Grill. I had. Ooh, that's the, a good one. That's a good one. It's, they have like corned beef brisket breakfast hash. It was Look fantastic. At that. It was fantastic. I bet it was. Harvey's Union Station. That's a, that's a hitter. Nieces, I love you. That's a good one. That's a Suck solid. Tash, that's a good brunch. one. Snooze. Not good bad. One, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, all, all of these better than watching Dolphins Bills. All of Nick them, and, every single Nick, one of them. Nick the and Jake's house. can't forget. Nick and Jake's. Nick and Jake's. Used to, they took that one away from near the near the plaza. That Nick and Jake's. They yeah, used to have that prime rib over there. You can get sliced and diced. Boy, that was a good one too. That was right. They still got that one up north though. That's a good one. Dang, boy, I'm getting excited. Yeah, you're right. That that. Is I mean, the first back open yet. Beer kitchen's sure. got a good one. Yeah, no, they Ooh, are. Beer kitchen yeah, did have a good really one. Good You're right. Really, really underrated brunch. They spot. did have a good yeah, one. And oh, um, there's another place over there in Westport that had a good one. That's that's a little further because we'd have to go there when beer kitchen was too tight. So yeah, I mean that's it. There's some good ones. The well ain't bad. Um, but um, yeah, that Sunday that's rough. I mean, you're kicking it off with Skylar Thompson, and then following it up with. I mean, who knows? Tony Banks, uh, what's his toe? Anthony Brown. That's the next game. 
Like really, it is. That's the, that's the late game. At least oh, you got the, the, you late got the sandwich. That's the in between. That's the late game. Yeah, that's right. They need to they need to switch that. They need to the switch Fox that. the three thirty on Fox. You got Giants Vikings, which now like could be an absolute disaster of a game, but it's gonna be fun. I don't now, know who's you, gonna win, and nothing's gonna happen till the fourth quarter. But the fourth quarter is gonna be wild. Now, as the Chiefs fans who figure out Monday who they're gonna be playing, I'm sure there's gonna be the, like the idiots who listen to this are going to be the idiots who are watching game film of the Chargers or wherever they play by Monday, acting like their watching of the game film is going to have something to do with the game plan. But they're going to know, they're going to start to know the Chiefs' opponents, like the back of their mind by the, the time of Friday or Monday night. And that's the one that matters right there. Also, like to help if you don't want Sean Payton in L.A., if the Cowboys lose, I think Sean Payton, that could be interesting to him if he would take, if the Chargers or the Cowboys were open, which one he would take. Because the Chargers. interested in the Broncos gig, which feels weird. That feels like leverage. I think he's playing leverage. He also may interview in Houston as well. But the Cowboys, yeah, he is. uh, I also think in Denver, it's a new ownership group, and he sees potential there for him to, like, run the organization. To like yeah, run, he sees, he sees Walmart money. He sees yeah. twenty million dollars. If, if if Dallas comes open, he's just going to be like Jerry. You got to make me the highest paid coach in NFL history. Like it's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's going to run something. So if there's, there's an a upset lot. this weekend, what do you guys think it is? Like eliminate the Chargers Jags game. It's basically a pick 'em. If there's an upset this weekend, what do you think it is? It's the Cowboys. I think. Tampa Bay. It's, they've been so bad this year, but I feel like Tom's just going to be like Byron. I got it. Just, just go, just go away. Just step back. I got the play calling in this game. I think it's the Giants. That's what I've got. Yeah, the only I've got the Giants, Giants as well. Giants. It'll be fun, man. Great. Hey, this is the best time of the year. The Chiefs. Can you get a third title? Can Patrick Mahomes put himself in a different place? MVP, which he will be, and win a championship. The quest is started, and now we get to see who the Chiefs will play. Uh, Coming up next week, we'll be back. We are out.